0: But you've always got to think you can fix it. You can't think you can't fix it. If you think you can't fix it, you won't. If you think you can fix it, you will. It's got a leaky carburetor. doctor in the door jam connector of a 99 crv pin 6 is a yellow red wire pin 7 is a yellow red wire do you think it's possible you could come up with something different and two similar wires in the same connector side by side on the same vehicle. Hello. Welcome to the radio home of Ron and Anian, the car doctor. Since 1991, this is where car owners the world over turn to for their definitive opinion on automotive repair. If your mechanic's giving you a busy signal, pick up the phone and call in. The garage doors are open, but I am here to take your calls at 855 560 9900. And now, here. Ronnie. Hey, come on in. Sit down. Ronnie and, and the Car Doctor at your service at 855-560-9900. Here to talk to you about your automotive problems, whatever you've got going on, fender to fender and door to door, as I like to say as we roll out across this great country of ours on this syndicated radio program. I am here also on podcast. You can get out to Cardoctorshow.com, get out to iTunes, iHeart, and tune in and pick up podcasts of this radio show. Subscribe, download, do whatever your heart desires and bring us with you wherever you want to go. Uh, Just keep in mind, the car doctor's here for you. So if you have a question, if you have a problem, 855-560-9900 is the phone number that you want to get in on, and we can have that conversation. I think, well, you know, and I said to Tom and Tony before the show today, I said, wouldn't it be great if there was a way that I could express myself on air the way I feel during the course of the shop? And, And then we increase the delay time. Yes, absolutely, because we, we're, we, we, we are a family broadcasting station. And we couldn't say all those words. But it made me think of this. I said, maybe this is an open and a conversation and a monologue to have with the listening audience. Did you ever notice in Star Trek, every time they visited Vulcan, you know, where Mr. Spock lived, and uh, Duv- Tuvok from uh, uh, Voyager, you never see cars on Vulcan. Did you ever notice that? And they claim to be this big advanced race and, you know, all this technology. I think the reason there's no cars on Vulcan is because there's no emotion on Vulcan. Because emotion is a key essential ingredient in not just operating a vehicle, who hasn't given the single-digit salute at one point or another in their career of automotive prognostication, but it's also part of the repair process. Denial is a very strong emotion, and it confuses the repair process. A tale of four batteries. It was a cold Thursday morning this past week in the shop at RA Automotive. All four batteries failed. All the same, but all the stories just a little bit different. 2005 Honda Pilot. Three-year-old battery, dropped dead with no warning. Customer got it. I think probably the most balanced and normal customer in the shop that day. She understood the failure. Things go wrong, brought it in, waited, we put a battery in it, on our way. No complications. No other real emotion other than, oh, well, my battery died. 2001 Jeep, battery died, five years old. 20 minutes on the phone explaining the battery died, it's old. Yeah, but maybe there's a bigger problem. Maybe you need to let me take a look at and diagnose the problem and see what's going on before we start to panic and think about all the other things that it could be. You can't live your life by if. Remember Apocalypse Now? If is the middle word in life? That doesn't apply to auto repair. 2013 Honda Accord. Battery died. Just about four years old. Spent 15 minutes on the phone. Why isn't this under warranty? I don't know. I didn't design it, drive it, by it, or break it. I'm just going to be here to fix it. The battery died. Things break. Denial of what could be wrong and just accepting responsibility. 2007 Toyota Camry. I love this one. Original battery. You want me to say that again? 2007 Toyota Camry. Original battery. Do the math. The battery's nine years old. Battery terminals are so corroded, they were beyond recognition. They didn't look like battery terminals anymore. It almost didn't look like a battery. It was almost like I had to wear a biohazard suit when I lifted the hood because there was so much corrosion and, 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 and chemical floating around under there. And the damage it did to the surrounding wiring harness, engine undercovers, cables, You know, that'll be the next, gee, I don't understand why my car is unreliable and why it doesn't run right and why it... And hurry up, I have to be somewhere else. That was the other part of that conversation. That was a weight job. Did denial cause these people not to maintain their cars? And is it because cars are perceived to be made better? Or is that just the image today? I think denial keeps us safe. You know, when we talk about auto repair and the complications, I had a woman this week with a vehicle. We ended up looking the car over, did an oil change, looking the car over. The car needed $1,500 worth of brakes. And when the car was done, when the repair was done, and I explained to her, because I noticed, you know, she was a grandma, and there was two car seats in the back, and I knew she was carrying the kids. I explained to her, here's why you need to replace the brakes now, you know, Two of the rotors were so badly rusted, the surface contact area of the rotor, if it was two inches wide, the rotor only had about an inch worth of safe contact area. The rest of the rotor was so badly rusted and decayed, it was flaking off and falling apart. Denial kept her going like this for a while because she'd been told by two other repair shops, you need brakes, but she chose not to listen. I made her listen. At the risk of losing her, I made her listen because I saw the two car seats in the back seat because I know what can happen when a 4,000-pound automobile doing 60 hits the brakes and there's nothing there. Denial kept her for the longest time from fixing that car. Denial kept all these people, except for the first one, which was a surprise, from replacing their batteries. My answer is denial is more than just a river in Egypt. It's... it's... It's a human emotion that I think you have to take out of the equation. Look, I think auto repair, maybe it would do well on Vulcan. I don't know. Because I think the day and age of, and I sort of look forward to driverless cars for this reason. When we get driverless cars, I keep thinking to myself how great this is going to be. The car is going to bring me a note. It's going to say, hey, I'm due for service. Rotate the electrons, change the transfer case fluid, swap out the battery. And I'm not going to have to argue with anybody. I'm not going to have to face that that blitzkrieg of, why did my car break? Your car broke because somebody decided that you should own it and drive it. You took it out on a road, and four, or five, or seven, or eight, or nine, or ten years later, things break. That's what goes wrong with cars. Deal with it. Don't let denial keep you from taking care of your car. If you're that person out there that's got that 9-year-old battery and you're bragging about it, sooner or later you're going to find yourself like this 07 Camry owner stuck on a doorstep of a repair shop, not being able to get to where you got to get. Automobiles require maintenance. Automobiles require proper care and 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 and, and diagnostics in order to and take care of them. I think that the industry is changing, and I'm hoping you're going to change with it. I was telling the boys, and we're going to talk about that a little bit this hour, how the industry changes, this week in the shop, now we're in North Jersey, we're in Waldwick, New Jersey, so we're we're here. We actually had a repair chain, I'm sorry, a parts chain, visit us from across the river and claiming they wanted to start delivering us parts from the Bronx. Now, the Bronx is probably, Tony, 20 miles from where I am, right? The Bronx? Yeah, Okay. So they're going to bring parts over the GW bridge, come up Route 4, Route 17, to deliver parts. The parts business is that bad that we're going to start to venture on a daily basis. We had a tire company visit us from Long Island. That's probably the equivalent of 30 miles. More than that, coming over coming up the Cross Bronx Expressway, the GW bridge, and they come out to North Jersey once or twice a day. It's not that their businesses are expanding. The problem is the market is changing and the, sh- the market is shrinking. And what I'm finding more and more of is we're going more into panic auto repair, things that denial kept us from doing that are forcing us to, oh, my gosh, at the last minute, something failed and something didn't get taken care of. Every one of those batteries, except for, well, I guess I, guess I can't really say that. The 07 Camry, the battery died. I can't tell you if it was the shock of the heat of the summer. If the grids broke down, I can't tell you what took that out. But the others, except for the one battery five years old, two of those batteries at least, the 05 Pilot and the 13 Accord, both of those were young failures. Here's where I get to tell you about power frame grid technology. You hear me talking about it all the time, right? Here's where I tell you that a power frame grid technology battery will be less likely to suffer from that heat failure or that shock of temperature change because of the way the grid is made, because of the battery is made better. More information at PowerFrame.com. But the bottom line becomes that denial still kept those people from repairing those cars and taking proper care of them. Don't fall into the trap. We're going into winter, except for those of you podcasting down Brazil way. Um, We're going into winter here in the continental United States. So uh, this is not the time of the year you want to be stuck on the side of the road or at work when the car doesn't start eight five 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 six zero nine nine zero zero, clear and clean and simple, and we also just want to do a quick shout out and say a couple of things number one, the eight five 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 six zero nine nine zero zero phone number is twenty four seven and I want to point out for my new listeners up there in Ogdensburg, New York, just on this side of the river uh, we 're now up in Ogdensburg, New York, up uh, close to the Canadian border that that eight five 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 six zero nine nine zero zero phone number that will work. Uh, that'll work here, right, Tom? That comes uh, that comes across the river. That works internationally, doesn't it? Oh, it sure does. And uh, the folks up in Canada, the uh, Prescott, uh, Toronto, and uh, Montreal areas uh, who are listening on WQTK can go ahead and um, give us a shout. Feel free to. won't cost you a cent. Hey, so we'll 560 uh, <laughs> Perfect. And I'm Ronan Anany, The Car Doctor. We'll be back right after this. back running in the car doctor rolling along at 855-560-9900 as i said before that is the 24 7 number and it seems to work from everywhere um overseas from over the border and um, we're just looking for your phone calls at 855-560-9900 as a matter of fact there is a 24 7 messaging service set up on that number so you can call 855-560-9900 during the week if we're not here leave a message and our producer will call you back and get you in the lineup Get you in the queue, and we can talk to you up here on radio, like we're going to go do to Ron in Victoria, Texas, with some questions about a 2011 Chevy Traverse. Ron, welcome to the Car Doctor, sir.
1: Well, uh, well uh, thank you. I'm a little bit envious of your weather, though. We're still dealing with 95 degree afternoons here.
0: Well, I'll tell you what. I'll take I'll take 95 degree afternoons. That's okay, brother, because um, it's it's kind of dewy and damp up here, and it's you know yeah. it's getting to that uh, like. Bruh. You know, it felt. I, I I tell you, I took the dog out this morning, and it just felt like autumn. It really did. You could just, you could just get that shiver up your spine when you're walking the dog, and it was like, oh boy, here we go. So. i
1: can take your i can take your autumns but i don't want nothing to do with your winters yeah well
0: yeah winter up here is a special event although it's not as bad as other places I'll, um but isn't it you know i mean as long as we're talking weather what the heck i don't know what became the weather channel but uh you know isn't it isn't weather isn't winter down in texas kind of tough too on in the in the places where it's prairie and you know the wind comes rolling along and it's just cold
1: it probably is in the in uh, west texas but uh but, where we're at, we're Gulf Coast, so uh both weeks of winter's pretty tolerable.
0: The week of winter, <laughs> yeah,
1: usually it hits about between the end of January and the beginning of February. We usually have about two maybe three weeks if it's a severe winter. well, let's see
0: for us up here, it'll start the week after Christmas, and it'll go on until uh April second I think oh I um,
1: I know I was born and raised in Ohio winter. Um uh, I I went from October to March and never saw the sun.
0: Yeah, well, I I think that was our we, you know, we we have February. February is very tough up here. <laughs> lots lots of snow and um um you know, that kind of thing. So, but anyway, yeah, how, I have a
1: do- I have a daughter that lives in Connecticut, so I, I get weather reports. Yeah, you
0: get you get the whole story. So, anyway, right. yes, uh
1: um, I I I bought this car probably 3 months ago and, and uh we had, drove it for a week and it had an issue with the stability track and uh, uh I figured it was a uh I actually scanned it and it, it told me it was a brake pedal sensor but uh having this is a newer vehicle and I know everything's interlinked so I took it to the dealership to go ahead and have them uh, go uh, run it on their on their machine and check and make sure there were no other issues. And of course, it turned out that it was a rear uh, brake sensor, and they replaced that and took care of my light issues. But uh, over the following weeks, I started to uh, realize this thing was getting terrible gas mileage. The the, the um, uh, average mileage indicator was showing me 12.5, 12.8 and I thought well surely that's not right and uh, so the first tank that I put in it I checked it and sure enough it's 12.8 did and um, did, did, I have no did, I, I have no idea
0: Did you notice the gas mileage getting worse ever since they did the repair?
1: No, it's been the same well right. I didn't really it was the vehicle was new and we were not really paying attention to it and I was going through my normal uh routine of Checking things out and getting familiar with it, so we hadn't got to gas mileage yet. Right, and so the, uh, when I got to that point, why well, I, uh, I realized this thing. You know, if we if I thought this thing would have been this bad, I would have got a suburban.
0: Right. But yeah, sure. Uh, why not? At least, and, at least. You, well, that's a, that's a, that's a, that's a that's a Texas uh, Cadillac down there, isn't it? A suburban? Well, I mean,
1: yeah, yeah, and I've had several of them, and they were getting uh, sixteen to eighteen mile a gallon average. Right. So, right. so. Uh, uh, but anyway, now this is an all-wheel drive, and and one of the concerns I had was that maybe the four-wheel drive portion of it was was it, it was not acted right because when we're parked and we back out and make a hard turn, it almost feels like the suspension's kind of binding up or something. Right. It just doesn't feel what I think should be normal. You, but I've never had an all-wheel drive. You know, you know car before, so I really don't know if that's normal or not.
0: Do you have a separate button for traction control on that car run? Yes, yeah. yes, if you turn it off, does the binding go away
1: well i can i i I don't know because it it i haven't I can tell you one thing uh when I took the the stability link uh or stability track off, and I did a kind of a perfunctory uh, mileage checking over, I put it on average mileage, and it's about 17 miles from where my, where I live to where my wife works, so she drives that twice a day. So I drew that same route and and uh, uh, took the stability track off, and it, and I was getting about 20 miles per gallon.
0: Right, it got better. Uh, it got better all of a sudden.
1: It seemed like it did, yes, but I, I can't tell. Uh, I took it to a, a independent shop the other day, uh, thinking that maybe there was something wrong with the all wheel drive, or somehow it wasn't coming out. But he he did a what he said was a deep scan. He said there was nothing, no codes, nothing on it. Right. I don't and think so, you're, I don't,
0: and I don't think you are going to find codes, Ron. I think this is a characteristic of the vehicle. I hear this is a common complaint quite often. It's it's the way GM has the Stabila track designed into the vehicle. Yeah. and it seems to be a common characteristic you drive around with the stability track off it gets better fuel economy than it does with it on so uh, to date i'm still waiting for the software reflash that nobody seems to have thought of yet to correct the problem but they haven't created it i'll tell you what ron stay put a couple other things i just want to mention to you just to cover the basics we kind of got the the cart before the horse here so stay where you are we'll come back to you right after this i'm ron Nating, the car doctor we'll be back right after this don't go away the car doctor rolling along let's get back to ron in victoria texas ron you're still there sir yes sir yeah so there there is something peculiar about this generation chevy traverse with stabilitrack that turning stabilitrack off will increase fuel economy in miles per gallon that being said you know i'd like to see you do it on a consistent basis does that make the difference and if it does at least you know what the characteristic is and how to get around it but I also just want to cover the basics. Obviously, I'm I'm concerned, you know, about a couple other things: coolant temperature, fuel trim, you know, the basics, uh, tire pressure. You know, before right away we jump onto the vehicle and think about, you know, all, you know, all
1: that's all that's in line. Okay. I mean, I I'm a former ASE certified mechanic, and have had had my own shops and pretty well know my way around. Ra- build okay. race cars. I know I'm. I know all the drill you're talking about yeah. and everything. Fuel trims, uh that was the one thing I checked when I went with the independent shop and uh, there were they were within I think uh negative two percent or something yeah, like that. Yeah, that's more than but, fine.
0: Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's more but, than fine. But tire like...
1: pressures, everything. The only thing I the only question mark I have is the I haven't been able to find anybody who can explain how the four wheel drive the all wheel drive works because it's convertible from ten percent to thirty five percent rear bias based on the traction situation and I don't know if it's somehow stuck in thirty five I can't find any way to to uh to to uh determine that. That's the other unknown I have.
0: I would say, and I, I can't tell you that I've actually done this, but in my mind, I agree with you. I would think there was there should be a way to monitor what percentage or duty cycle um, state the traction control is in. I would think using, and I'm going to say a tech, two because I'm not sure if any other scan tool would do it, but dealer-level tool, uh, you know, to have the ability to go in and look and see what state it's in, probably under either drivetrain or traction control. There's got to be a module there, whatever controls it to see to see what it's you know see what the pit value is what the percentage value is because you're correct but then my comment would be if it's stuck at 35% I'll use your number wouldn't you think that it would set a fault well
1: it, if I would think so but there again I don't know how it works
0: right right
1: I mean that's my initial thought I mean anymore everything uh everything in the world is is Goes through so many computers and they communicate with each other that the days of the shade tree mechanic are kind of going by the wayside. Let, and I, I mean, I've worked on them all my life, and I I'm smart enough to know that if I don't have the right tool, I'm just beating my head against
0: the wall. Oh, yeah, let me um, you know what, Ron, send me the VIN, email me the VIN, okay, for that vehicle, Ron at CarDoctorShow dot com. And okay, let me run the VIN. I've got a source at GM. Maybe I can get some inside GM paperwork. Maybe I can just go through a shop manual. I've got access to GM factory manuals. Maybe I can get an actual description of how that system works. Uh, okay. and we'll, we'll both learn a little bit more about it. But I, like like I said, oh. turning off the stability track light or the, turning off the stability track, if that gets better fuel what? economy, that's part of the answer.
1: Okay, uh, now what about disabling the fuel uh, stability track? Because with turning it off, you've got to turn it off every time you start the car because it automatically defaults to the on position. Is there a way to pull a fuse that you wouldn't be able to to get the – Fault readings or something to disable the other parts of the car.
0: I'm wondering if you know I get I get nervous about pulling fuses because what other modules are powered up by that particular circuit, if any? Yeah, me,
1: yeah, that's what I'm concerned about. Right. And In other words, if I could pull a fuse, I, I, I'm not worried about. I mean, we go through dry specs, dry spells that are a month long. So I could do a week test with the Stabilitrack fuse removed and get a more accurate. Test whether or not that's actually helping.
0: Right. Now if you put a fault in the system, such as I would I would have to believe that the wheel speed sensors are part of the stability track system, so the computer can tell how fast you know the wheels are turning and what's losing traction and what's not yeah. so it knows how to proportion traction control. I would think right. if, if, if if somehow a wheel speed sensor got unplugged, ha ha ha, that, yeah, um, but I
1: see, that's one thing I don't want to do because I, I, I do value the anti-lock brakes. Right, and, and that's I the problem. I was a former GM engineer, and I know. Right. I, I tr- I,
0: that's that's the other problem. You're going to start to disable the anti-lock brakes. So, yeah, and I'm not
1: willing to do that. Right.
0: So, you know, to actually turn off the Stabila track itself without, you know, the only thing I could think of is if you went to the transfer case, found out there's got to be a couple of switches down there, found out what switch was yeah. what. And disabled the control from that, so it had no reaction that way.
1: Well, can you can you data log the stability track to? Uh, is there some kind of box you could you know put in the OBD two port and and run it for a week to tell how many times that thing cycled? Not at or our, if it's cycling.
0: Not at our level. I'm sure. Okay. The, I'm sure the engineers have something, but not not at the repair shop level. Well. Because okay. you're, yeah, you're, well, you're asking very valid questions, and I'm sure they would need to know that you know in, in field testing at the proving grounds and the way that they approach designing the vehicle. But, yeah, a, a field mechanic really wouldn't need to know that. Or that's, their, right. that's, that's their concept, whether or not they, he needs to know that is another conversation.
1: Let me pick your brain on one last thing, and I'm done. Okay. Uh, is there any kind of um, enthusiast-based scan tool that will let you communicate with the modules without spending two, three thousand dollars.
0: right now, all right, if I was to go out and purchase a scan tool, well, there's a couple of things when I start talking about scan tools. eBay has a bunch of stuff. There is a great deal of older, good, but older scan tools on eBay right now, ranging everything from OTC Genesis to various levels of snap-on to other things. You know, you're, you might find something $500. You might find something $1,000. It depends on what you're looking for. It depends on how old. If I want something newer and a little bit more cutting-edge, I think one of the better tools out there right now, bang for the buck, it's about $1,500. I know it, 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 it sounds like a lot, but the X431 Pro from launch, it's a, yeah. it's a smaller tablet. It's got a nice ergonomic handle. It, 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 it fits in the palm of your hand. It's left or right-handed. It's quick. It's Android-based. Um, it's a very down-and-dirty, works-great scan tool, if you know what I'm saying. Well,
1: yeah, well, what, the problem I'm finding is that uh, I need something that I can actuate the systems on. In other words, I can go ahead and do the component test on the, on the scan tool. So you need bi
0: directional control. Yeah. take a look at the launch so x431 pro
1: okay yeah
0: you'll you'll find more on their website launchtechusa.com but take a look take a look at that x431 pro we use it in the shop it does bi-directional control now keep in mind not every scan tool works perfectly on every car and yeah to date i understand been, it to date now understand too i've got a choice of 19 scan tools in the shop i've got one of everything. right well now, mostly
1: mostly what i deal with is Five year old and older GM product. Right.
0: Well, right, right now that launch tool has become my right arm. So, okay. you know, I, I, I noticed that. I said that to Danny the other day. I said I haven't put this tool down in three weeks. I haven't gone to anything else, and that says a lot. So, okay,
1: I got I, one more. I got one more comment. One more I, comment. I test test drove uh, a sixteen Hellcat the day before yesterday, and that is the most technically sophisticated car i've ever been in in my life
0: yeah it's it's and it, it you know to and to, to further go with that statement i often wonder when they build cars that are such technically demanding vehicles have we shortened the life cycle of that vehicle because i can't imagine that car at eight years old nine years old having to fix some of those systems and justify the expense never mind you know diagnosing it And then never mind, you know, are we going to be able to still get the parts after eight years because Chrysler isn't one to keep parts around any longer than they have to. Remember, the goal is to get you to buy a new car, and sometimes I think the technology is going to drive people to do that that much faster. Ron, I appreciate the call. I appreciate the chat. And uh, run some of those things, run some of those tests, and give me a call back. Let me know how things are down Victoria, Texas way. 855-560-9900. I'm Ron Anady the Car Doctor. I'll be back right after this. Ronananian, Ken. Hey, Ronananian, the car doctor here at 855-560-9900, here to drive you to the point of what's going on with your car. That's what this radio show is all about. Let's get over and talk to Ruby, Omaha, Nebraska, 2003 Mazda. Ruby, welcome to the car doctor. How can I help? Hi. Hi. Uh,
2: I I have a 2003 Mazda tribute. Okay. And suddenly the brakes went completely out.
0: All right, to the floor. And the what? The brakes went to the floor. The pedal went to the floor? Yeah, brakes right. to the floor, nothing right. happened. Right, red brake light and came out of the dashboard. The red brake light my, came out of the dashboard, Ruby?
2: You know, it was it's really my daughter's car, I'm not sure about okay. that, but uh, my son looked at it and he thinks that, well, that the brake line broke and fluid leaked out by the left front tire. Okay. And... Um, wondering if i have that fixed would that be caused by some defect or do i have to worry about it happening again or
0: well the the first the first concern i have when i have a brake line failure what you're describing to me sounds like a brake line failure or a brake component failure it could be wet in it could be wet up there for either one so for example if the brake caliper the piece that squeezes the brake pads together, the hydraulic portion that squeezes the brake pads together, if that, if that failed, uh-huh. that would leak. If the rubber hose that connects the caliper to the steel line on the frame, if that failed, that could leak, obviously. And then is it the metal line itself? You know, so it really depends on what exactly failed, which component was taken out. So the first thing somebody wants to do, and I always do this on any sort of brake failure, is look the entire vehicle over you know if 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 it's rust that took out the brake line the steel brake line if it's rusted on the left front it's going to be rusted on the right front it's going to be rusted in the rear it's going to be rusted all over so just fixing the left front doesn't really help you because you've got three or four other places where there's a potential problem and you know first step in any kind of a failure like this is complete vehicle inspection have you taken it to a sure. have you taken it to a repair shop to get an estimate yet
2: not yet no um uh, no, uh, not yet. But yeah, I will. But
0: right, right. Um, you had a second question. Uh,
2: um, so it could be all kinds of things, and and you have no idea what that would cost, right?
0: Right. Yeah. It could it could be all kinds of things, Ruby. It could be it could be two hundred dollars. It could be two thousand dollars. And uh, until you know what the components are, you, no one would really have any idea of 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 knowing what the costs are. Until until. And what
2: would the difference be if the brake light was on? I could ask her about
0: that. No, I was just curious if the brake light was on. If the brake light's not on and the brake pedal goes to the floor, then I'm going to tell you that there's some sort of an, another problem in that the warning system isn't working. I would expect the brake light to be on because for the pedal to go to the floor, two things happen. The master cylinder is out of fluid and the low-level light should be on, or the red brake light, and... The bias, the way the brake system splits front to back to maintain even braking, there's a switch and a light in there for that that will trigger the sensor failure or the light to come on, and if that light's not on, then there's a problem there too. Listen, I know it's difficult for you Uh, in, in, in simple English. It's an older car. Before you spend a lot of money, go spend a little bit of money, get an evaluation and some sort of a projected component repair. What's it going to take? Does it need a caliper? Does it need a line? Does it need steel lines? And there's difference. There's a steel brake line, a rubber brake hose, and a caliper that we're talking about here. What exactly failed? And try and get some sort of an estimate. And if you have any other questions, give me a call back next week. But, you know, this is a case of look before you repair because you'll end up in the long run knowing exactly what you're getting into. I appreciate the call, Ruby. My best to you and yours out there, Omaha, Nebraska, way. 855-560-9900. Ron and Annie and the Car Doctor coming back right after this. Back on the car doctor. Let's go over and talk to Seth in Pennsylvania. Seth, Seth, I have two minutes. What's going on?
2: Hi, Ron. Yes, I you. have a 2004 Dodge Intrepid
0: with the 3.5 liter uh, automatic, and um, it doesn't happen all the time, about 60% of the time. Um, I have a very hard shift from first gear to second gear. Um, I'll be going along, and the RPM will just all of a sudden rev, and uh, all of a sudden the car will jerk, and I can feel it shift into okay. second gear. And I didn't know if that was a sign of the
2: transmission going bad or if something else was going on.
0: The answer is probably a sign of the transmission going bad. Let me ask you a couple of quick questions. What's the mileage on this car? Uh, 120,000. Last time the fluid was changed? Um,
2: I think it was around eighty.
0: Okay. Let's say let's say 80,000. We'll use that. We don't have to be more exact than that. Um, I'll assume they use the correct fluid. And when I asked that question, Chryslers of this generation were very specific in terms of fluid. They were one of those fluid-sensitive vehicles. And I would have to say it was the correct fluid then, because otherwise you would be seeing the issue sooner than 40,000 miles later. So that being said, all right, um, what I want you to do is, if you take it into a repair shop, I want it to do two things. Scan it for fault codes to see if there's anything pending, all right? Number one. Okay. Number two, talk to them about doing a CVI or a clutch volume index test, CVI. Think of a balloon, all right? If if the balloon yep. is 10 inches in diameter, all right, every time you fill it up with air, the balloon blows up to 10 inches, that's the cushion, that allows the transmission to shift. It always expects it to be out to that diameter. As the clutches and in the internal components of the transmission wear, the balloon gets bigger. Your balloon, your your clutch volume index will tell you if that balloon is stretching to its outer limit. And if it is, it's going to cause that intermittent hard shift. So you want to go in and do a CVI index test to see if they're within spec. And then consider changing the fluid and doing a quick learn to see if that alleviates the problem. If it doesn't, it's probably transmission rebuild time. I'm Ron Annie in the car, doctor. The mechanics aren't expensive. They're priceless. See ya.